0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob, said Black. Uh, Let's talk market, shall we? There's a lot to talk about. Trade war has been ratcheted up one more level. US kicked in 25% tariffs on Friday. China responded. And uh, they're going after the farmers of the United States this time with their own hike in tariffs. What do I expect to happen next? I, markets will uh, go down 5 to 10%. And somewhere in that time period, what we'll see is the president get on a white horse, take off his shirt, much like Putin did way back when, come riding in and say, you know what? That China thing that they just did, $60 billion to the U.S. farmers, we're going to give the U.S. farmers $58, 57 $56, 55000000000 50 billion, maybe $50 maybe 75000000000 billion. Don't know the numbers, but that's how the politics is working right now. Both countries are, correctly or incorrectly, depending on how you look at it, they're dealing with wanting to win the publicity side of the trade war and the long-term side of the trade war and they're willing to sacrifice short-term pain in areas like the stock market of the farmers in exchange for, we'll say, hey, we'll just print some money and give it to our people. That's not a good financial decision. So what the U.S. is doing and what we've always done, though, so I don't think anything lasts. Apple and Boeing are the poster children for what's not going to work in trade war headlines. Uber should be able to work, but it's not. Uber shares are slipping for a second day since their IPO. First day they went down about 10%, uh, 7%, now they're down about 10 more percent. So a lot of people are saying, we don't see the road to profitability. There's some investor skepticism, which is always a healthy thing, in my opinion. It was a huge deal. Maybe it didn't need to be that huge. After all, aren't they just helping rich young people get from point A to point B? Uber's ability to execute on food and package delivery and it's pushing autonomous vehicles are going to be expensive. IPO comes as investors are shying away from riskier assets tied towards that USA, USA versus China thing. We need a good uh, Women's World Cup of soccer to keep the world united. <laughs> Something tells me that's not going to happen. Maybe. So here's the problem that I have with the whole Uber story. And to me, it's 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 pretty dramatic and it's pretty obvious is that I think it's a pretty mediocre company and it shows you that we in Silicon Valley aren't taking on the important issues of the day. I love seeing things like beyond meat and impossible foods do well because I think that's a real issue. How do we cut down on the number of cows on the planet? And then you should, what do you like? What do you hate about Cows. I think the cost of a cow um, and the damage it does to, the, econo- to the, the environment just not worth it and the damage it does to our body. <laughs> you know, I like making spaghetti and meat sauce, for instance, and uh, I can't wait for the day where I'm able to buy that impossible patty, ground it up, and just turn it into meat sauce, right? I know you're saying, Rob, you're off point. Get back to Uber. People were talking about Uber being valued at $120 billion back in December. Founders and early investors were getting spectacularly rich. I talked about how the housing boom will continue in 2019, 2020 in the Bay Area and New York, in large part because of all these IPOs coming public. And a lot of people becoming millionaires and billionaires. Uber's debut signals a turning point, in my opinion, in Silicon Valley. We had you know, the whole Yahoo and Excite and uh, Google as part of that first wave of the Internet. Kind of got Facebook as the, uh, as the um, poster child of the second wave. Uh, now the third wave, Uber and Lyft. And it's interesting to note that people who have taught me for the first time about Uber and Lyft were millennials. How do I get from point A to point B? Because I don't want to have a car. And now that I don't have a car, how can I get food delivered to me? Or meal kits sent in the mail? And Uber Eats and you name the food kit company, they've all struggled. Blue Apron, I went in touch with a 10-foot pole. I know you're saying, 10-foot pole? What does that even mean? How about an 8-foot pole? Millennials couldn't figure out how to get food because they didn't have cars. Now millennials can't have cars and go on a hike and meet someone they fall in love with and say, oh, you like nature? I like nature. So you get on Tinder and they say, I like nature. And do you like nature? Now we can get down to nature. Some millennials have these problems that are solvable with investments, right? Get clothes from uh, companies that do flash sales. So you plan your wedding, you plan your house with your loved one that you met on Tinder, who you didn't have a car, so you held hands in the backseat of a Lyft or an Uber. You do all the planning for that kind of stuff on Instagram. That was a company that Facebook bought for a billion dollars. So ultimately what I, I think we're seeing here is hopefully the end of you know, Web 3.0 or what have you. In the last year or two years it's really come to the attention that companies like Salesforce.com are trying to figure out what do we do about the homeless people? In the last couple of years, the millennials who work at Google and other companies like Microsoft has said, there's a real lack of diversity, and there's a big problem. And part of that problem is is what I'm saying is we're bringing companies public who are founded by white men who come from money, and we're educated at private institutions. Uh, take a look at the founder of, of Yelp. Take a look at the founders of you know uh, any .com video streaming kind of company, and you'll see that there's a lot of you know young people who, when I met them, I'm like, you barely look old enough to shave. And again, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. I'm just telling you that, like Snapchat, I'm not sure he was a born CEO who should be running a ten billion dollar company. So this error has created Travis Klanick, the CEO who oversaw most of Uber's growth. And again, because he was a white male for money and educated at a private u s institution he had a pervasive sexist and racist culture. So a lot of what's coming public right now, a lot of what the millennials are digesting are asking for forgiveness rather than permission. And I like that phrase, but companies like Uber and Lyft break laws, Airbnb bird and lime They they all have governments hating them and that's going to have some sort of ramification. And the, the guy we have leading us into the next level of maybe we can get back to our souls is Mark Benioff. And he recently quoted San Francisco as an inequality train wreck. I don't, I don't doubt it. So anyway, how's that for a start? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. Big event coming up this Thursday in Los Gatos. I'm going to go over some stocks that I'm liking and disliking. What will work in this economy and what will not work in this economy. We'll talk income and retirement, wealth preservation with CFP Chad Burton in Los Gatos in Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. You can sign up for the event by going to Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Use the code radio25 to get in for free.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM
1: 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or Biz. What's going to be the saddest thing on the earth? Let's ask CFP Chad Burton. Chad, do you have an answer to that?
2: Uh, retirement for
1: a lot of baby boomers out there? No, I'm thinking about a lot of hipsters who have... Ear piercings, nose piercings, tattoos, nipple clamps. Whoa. When the blazers get swept by the Golden State Warriors.
2: No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. I, I, I told you, put your money where your mouth is, Mr. Black. Sweet. I can't do that. It's
1: against the law to take money from someone who's mentally challenged. <laughs> Let's get Alex, to the topic. You're on fire today. Look at you. No, I know. I no, I wrote it, and I you didn't you didn't know it was coming, so it's totally unfair. Um, okay. Thursday we have a big event. You and I, and this will be a good one. Um, it's going to yeah, be. a it's Los probably going to be game house. two. It's
2: probably going to be game two. two of that series. You
1: know. Yeah. Good, good timing on that one, but that's okay. We won't yeah. spoil it. So tape it. Go home. No. So. Um, and also, by the time it won't even be the first half won't even be over by the time we're done.
2: That's true. That's straight, straight to the bar afterwards. We'll
1: watch it. Los Gatos Hotel, um, 630 to 830. Not the Los Gatos Hotel, but the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. They uh, can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Let's talk about retirement myths. Ones that come to mind is 70% of your income in retirement. I, you know what's crazy about that one is my income's been great, but my spending's been greater. So I don't even know if I can go cut back to 70%. I don't even know what 7% of what number how close to 70% of your current income is true?
2: Well, I don't know, Rob. What, what are you going to do? What's going to get you out of bed every day in retirement?
1: Probably walking a dog. <laughs> That's a and by that, I mean my wife. <laughs> Ooh,
2: ouch. Um, what else? What else is going to get you out of bed? You got, I mean, you've got to know what you're going to spend. And yeah. a lot of people that have a really successful, happy, fulfilled retirement... Um, I can't remember who coined it, but it's the smiley face retirement spending um, pattern that tends to actually be true, where a lot of people in the first five, sometimes 10 years of retirement actually spend more money than when they were working, um, not not if you include taxes, but just the general expenses between lifestyle and hobbies and everything else, because you're doing all the things you never had time to do. You're, you're checking off the bucket list, I guess you could say. Um, and then people go through this kind of point of contentment where, all right, I've traveled, I've done all I need to do, and I'm I'm really kind of more spending time with friends and family. And a local level, and spending goes down a little bit. And then later in life, in the 80s and beyond, healthcare expenses kick in, and spending goes way up again. So it's kind of a smiley-face-shaped spending pattern. And that's why every single financial plan that you do, even though they're very necessary to, to estimate taxes and create a withdrawal strategy and which accounts do you draw from first, it's, it's extremely important to have that financial plan, but they all need adjusting going forward. It's a living, breathing animal because of that way that people spend money. And I don't think, unless people become kind of miserable and they just sit there and do nothing, I don't typically see a big drop in spending at retirement. Um, usually that comes along with those people that we kind of have to get into counseling to say, okay, what's going to give you purpose in life and, and fulfillment? What are you going to do to get up every day? That's why I kind of asked you that question, because you're not talking to people on radio every day. got to figure out, you know, what Rob's going to do in retirement someday.
1: You know, I might do a podcast or something, or I might try to, you know, live vicariously through my kids, but I don't really have a good answer to that, is what it comes down to. Maybe I'll train dogs for, like, bomb-sniffing dogs or something, but more on me later. So the 70% income's not quite right. How about the 4% draw rule?
2: I'm still focused on you wanting to train bomb-sipping dogs in retirement. I don't, that one threw me. I don't know. <laughs> the 4% draw rule in retirement. So there's that downloadable, how long will your money last in retirement, um, on the website, newfocusfinancial.com. And you can. it's got 3% inflation built into it. And you can say, here's my rate of return. Here's how much I'm drawing. Here's how much my money is going to last and for that 4% draw rule to really work, you're going to have to have long-term average rates of return of 6% plus. And so when that 4% draw rule was created, and there was a Nobel Prize as a result of it, it was huge in the investing community, but it was in the early 90s, Rob. It was you know right around the time that I got into the business. Um, so you know about 25-plus years ago. And back when that rule was created... Fixed income or your bonds and your CDs were paying more than double what they're paying now. I mean, we're sub 2 6 on the 10 year treasury right now. So when you're in retirement and 40 to 60% of your portfolio is in safe money, typically back then, it was earning twice as much as it is now. So, it's a problem, and I think we're going to have to be dealing with this problem for a while, because the Fed's targeting inflation, we're not seeing a ton of inflation because of demographics around the world and technology making things cheaper. So, the 4% draw rule isn't quite right, um, and inflation is kind of lumpy as well. So you can't just say, oh, I've got enough to live off 4% of my portfolio. Every year, you're going to draw a little bit more each year. And some people are having to deal with a little bit more growth in their portfolio, which means a little bit more volatility and a little bit more activity in terms of peeling off the growth in the portfolio. So, you have two sides of the portfolio. You have the fixed income and CDs and things like that, which kick off interest. And then you have the stocks, which kicks off dividends, but they also stocks grow, or your mutual funds, your ETFs grow in value, and you have to sell to peel off some of that capital appreciation. So, for that 4% draw rule to work, you might have to be a little bit more aggressive and, and a little bit more active in taking gains off the table. And this is a perfect example. The whole the trade issue, was, it was what we had priced into the market, was no more rate increases and a trade deal being done with China sooner than later. And so you're starting to see the repercussions of that trade deal not being done sooner than later right now in the market. True.
1: We're running low on time. Let's, um, again, say Los Gatos, Thursday night, Tolos Hotel, six thirty eight thirty. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Seems there are too many people depending on inheritance rather than saving for retirement. I know a handful of these people who have nothing safe for retirement, nothing. And it's all about inheriting mom's house or dad's house and or getting, you know, their their big chunk of change. Good idea, bad idea.
2: Yeah, it's a horrible idea because one of the other myths out there is that if you get into a nursing home situation or home health care, that Medicare is going to cover you. And that is not the case. And so a lot of people, their parents, are going to One. blow through any wealth that they have because of long-term care costs. So it's a horrible way to plan for retirement, is depending on somebody else's heritage, because people are living longer and they're spending more of the money on health care.
1: Anything else that we need to know? we got about 30 seconds.
2: Um, Yeah, a couple other myths. Taxes won't be an issue in retirement. It it can be cheaper, but it's actually more detailed. That's what this event is about, is how to create a really lower for longer tax bracket in retirement. Investing only for income and never paying off your mortgage. A couple other myths.
1: We'll talk about those at the event. We'll talk about those in coming days. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com Thursday. This Thursday, 630 to 830, Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California. Use the code RADIO25 at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM
2: 1220
1: KDOW. So let's see if I can pull this off. Supreme Court ruled against Apple in the App Store antitrust case. That's a big strike for Apple because Apple's banking on services. Even though they're still selling plenty of $1,000 phones... They're kind of counting on that app store and getting people to develop content for them at which they take 30% of commissions on the sales through the app store. It's an unfair use of monopoly power, says the Supreme Court. They ruled against Apple 5 to 4 in a case involving the signature electronic marketplace, the app store, allowing iPhone users to move forward with their suit against the company. Uh, Apple's line drawing does not make a lot of sense other than as a way to gerrymander Apple out of this in similar lawsuits, so says Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know enough about this. I'm going to learn more, and I'll share with you when I do. Um, But that certainly on the front of it does not feel like good news for Apple. Again, Apple is probably the poster child of what's going wrong with China right now. They have a lot of manufacturing in China. China's kind of backed against the wall because they got a lot of employees that work for Apple in China, manufacturing this stuff. Orders are going to be cut because the tariffs. China's going to lose jobs. The U.S. is going to lose the ability to get cheap iPhones, cheaper than what can be manufactured in other countries. It's not good. Uber down another 7 to 10%. Um, when do they stop falling? First and foremost, they're not left, but they've also haven't really comforted us By saying, here's our path to future. Profitability. Uh, And we kind of need that. Half of millennials are saying that social media drives them to spend more money that they don't have. Well, that's a cheery one. Just under uh, half, 49% of millennials, age 23 to 38, say social media has influenced them to spend money on experiences. 48% say they've overspent when sharing experience with friends. Whether it's dining out or going out on a vacation, social media sites increase. They have a huge impact. And now they're taking money from us and our future. I believe the children are our future. Um, I have a pair of shoes that I could send you a picture of you ask me to that I'm wearing right now that have holes in them. They're falling off my feet. And uh, they're falling off my feet because I power wash my own home. And when you power wash, you get wet. And. Uh, I've got no shame. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about what people think about me. So millennials, on the other hand, feel a lot of stress to be all that in a bucket of chicken. Spending money is not the enemy. Spending money on things that you don't need is the enemy. Spending money on things that you throw away after one or two wearings is the enemy. Not having a financial plan that you can kind of write down is the enemy. Um. I don't know how to answer this for you other than say, you know, close Instagram. You know, right? You're saying, I'm not doing that. Um, But it would probably be for the best, I think, for you. A lot of stock stories are in the air today. Qualcomm awarded its executive team stock bonuses after its multi-billion dollar settlement with Apple over longstanding patent disputes. This included a stock bonus worth about three and a half million for the CEO. Kind of weird, right? It's like if you're a board op in radio and you get a big check from the, the mother office saying, hey, we want a big lawsuit. Or maybe not. You, you see what I'm saying? Something's just not right about that. Disney's Avengers Endgame topped the weekend box office for the Third Street weekend with $63.1 million in North American ticket sales. Um, beating out Detective Pikachu, which. Uh, there's not enough days in the in the year that I could open up and say, "Hey, I've got time to go watch Detective Pikachu." Pikachu. Now there is a good chance that uh, I'll eventually see Disney's Adventures in Game. It's the one movie I've been told by a coworker, and I always give coworkers one chance. Give me a good movie recommendation. Give me a good book recommendation. And this guy says, "You got to see it, but you got to see it in IMAX." So look for Rob Black in an IMAX theater coming to you sooner than later. Philip Morris has suspended a global social media marketing campaign involving its new heated tobacco device. Um, the suspension of the campaign came in, I guess, deference to the campaign's use of youth-oriented online personalities. It's crazy that uh, we live in that world, right? <laughs> Where they, God, Taylor Swift caught a lot of flack, and I don't know if I, I give her the flack or not. But when she signed on to be a sponsor of like Pepsi and American Diabetes Association, rawr, 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 how dare you You know, get your young kids and young women hooked on sugary soft drinks? I don't know. Would I take a $25 million endorsement deal from Pepsi? Of course I would. Would I take the, the criticism from the people out there like you who would say, uh, how dare you take that endorsement money? I'd shake it off. Shake it off. Um, I know you're saying that's a bad play on Taylor Swift, and it is. Uber is on watch today after dropping 7% on Friday. It's dropped anywhere from 7 to 6% today. They are going to come out with announcements. and this is where I'm like, I can't tell you when to buy or when is the white of their eyes, but they're going to be a hell of a trade at some point in time. Facebook had the same problem when they came public that people were like, they're not making money on the desktop. And then why don't they, why aren't they like on mobile? And then they were like, Zuckerberg's like, okay, we'll be on mobile. And the stock IPO'd in the, you know, 40s, went to 60. And then next thing you know, it's 28 bucks. You're like, whoa. And it goes from 28 to 200. Uber's already big and fat. My boys say, you got a big fat belly, dad. Compared to them, I do. Um, and you get the idea uh, that it's a big company. They sold 180 million shares at $45 a piece on Thursday. I've got friends who are working over, and I'll be honest with you, they're not the people that I uh, would, re- would say uh, are financially responsible. One guy wants to build a, a swimming pool, and uh, I look at his house, and it's, it's on the edge of a cliff on stilts. I'm like, where are you going to put it? He's like, I got money to throw at it. I'll figure it out. All right. And that's like that's the arrogance and the brashness. Now if you take a look at what Zuber's done, having fallen from a hundred and twenty billion dollar valuation to where it is now, probably about seventy billion, that's a pretty big loss. That's fifty billion dollars of money that people were like getting ready to throw around. Now fifty billion on a trillion dollar economy doesn't necessarily Oh, yeah, it makes a dent. <laughs> you know? So that's out there. Um, sixty four billion dollars market cap at this point in time, it's down three bucks a day sitting at thirty eight fifty seven. And again, at some point in time it's gonna be a loaded coil and it's gonna spring higher. My fear is is that, yes, it will spring higher, and they'll suck people in. So they'll lose money on the IPO. Then they'll get back in at a higher price than what they sold to this week at, and then they're gonna get back in. Maybe they'll make the rocket ride up. maybe they won't. But Uber's got some good news coming. You don't know, um, for instance, let me give you an example. They have a big headquarters. That makes me a little nervous. But they, last month and the month before, I kept getting 50% off Uber rides, 50% off Uber rides. I'm like, why? They're trying to get people, you know, in it and use it once, twice, three times, four times a month. They're trying to show some of the stickiness of it. And I'm just like, hmm. Not my thing. Not my thing. Now, again, will it be a trade, and will I be interested in it? Yeah. Will I own it for the long term? I I don't see the path to profitability. So I, I think logistically they're a big company. I think they've got a lot to offer, but I don't see the path to profitability, and that's a little bit of a problem for me. Like, not my ethics or morals kind of problem. I just don't see it. So caught up in the retaliatory trade crossfire. That's going on. China's going to stop purchasing U.S. agricultural products and energy. They're going to reduce Boeing orders and restrict U.S. service trade with China. A lot of Chinese scholars are discussing the possibility of dumping U.S. treasuries and how to do it specifically. They buy a lot of our debt, making our debt cheaper. If we have to give them their money back, oh boy, this gets tricky quick. So the companies, I think, with the biggest exposure to trade tape wars, Boeing, Caterpillar, Apple and dear. Now, like I said, I expect the president to come back with a tit-for-tat. I, I would expect him to say, we're going to send our farmers a paycheck right now. We're going to get them through this this terrible thing. This was kind of odd news that's out there. Um, Saudi Arabia has oil tankers uh, that got got sank. They were attacked in the... Oh, I don't guess, no, they got uh, sank, but they were attacked in the Strait of Hormuz. No confirmation on who would pull that off. Speculation is that Iran played some sort of part in the, you know, the issue on the edge. 800 1220 to get your call in the air. Big seminar coming up Thursday evening in the Bay Area in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Sign up for the event at Rob Black Show and use the code radio25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'll be honest with you. You probably heard me tease CFP Chad Burton about the Blazers and the Warriors. Uh, If you ever hear me, if you ever see me in a park, soccer park, dog park, and I'm talking to the Warriors, I'm only doing it because I'm bored and I don't know what else to talk about. I think sports where you become you are your identity is so tied towards a team is kind of silly. I like hockey, there's no doubt about it. I'd rather watch a group of like 4-year-old kids play hockey or 5-year-old kids or 6-year-old kids play hockey than watch the NBA or Major League Baseball. The only reason I watch Major League, Major League Baseball is to fall asleep, it's so boring. And it's great, Saturday afternoon, have a couple of beers, watch a little baseball, asleep. Am I watching it because of the competitive drive to cheer? No. Does that make any sense? I don't get the money transfer. And yes, do I take my kids to sporting events? Yeah. I'm not going to take them to a Warriors game. I don't have that kind of stupid money. Um, But I know people do. And I think think it's stupid money, to be quite honest with you. Um, And I think a lot of people are going to retire poor because of that. I look at games like... uh, the 49ers, and I see a lot of like, hey, these are tech people. They probably have money. Uh, I think it's cliche to say, hey, look at the Oakland Raiders. They're not tech people. They're more the blue collar of the Bay Area. That's very cliche, and I know that's wrong. But I'm like, these people don't have money to, you know, throw down $400, 500 $600 for eight games, and yet they do. Um, I think it's one of those things that on my deathbed, If the Sharks win the Stanley Cup, I will be thrilled. Thrilled for the community that should fall in love with the game. If the Warriors win another championship, I will be thrilled. Thrilled for the community that, you know, young kids get to watch, you know, such an exciting drama. But I split on things, right? Don't you wish I had, like, a more set personality where I could... If I had, you know, one hand instead of two, you'd really know my opinion on things. And I think I give my opinion on things, to be fair. Um... So Facebook is a story that got kind of in the news this week with Kamala Harris over the weekend saying, you know, I think it should be broken up because they are a utility. Now, they're not a utility. They're not owned by the state of California. They're not owned by the federal government. But it does serve a very utilitarian function. And back in the day and age, AT&T had the same thing, where they were able to raise rates on long-distance calls, local calls, whatever they wanted to do, because there was no other game in town there's a problem with that when there's no other game in town and I don't know the answer on Facebook. Is it regulation? I'm not a big fan of regulation. Is it slapping their wrist? It's a slap on the wrist to find them $5 billion and see their stock go up by 20 billion um, because it wasn't enough or not enough to hurt them. I don't have the answer. I can tell you that I, I hope people get wise and There's not one thing I've ever seen on Instagram that has a value of one penny to me. Not one thing. Now, if you were to count, you know, that model, you know, the one who has a new haircut that, you know, the one, it's in a Yahoo press release that you have to click on the button and then go to Instagram and you're like, whoa, she's got a new haircut. Have I done that? Sure. But not a lot of value there, right? Not a transaction of wealth going on. 35% of Americans admit they feel pressured to spend more money than they can afford after seeing images of their friends' lives on things like Facebook and Instagram. I think it's going to be popular, real popular, to bash Facebook and say they're no good for us. And that they're too big and we need to regulate them. I don't see the answer, though. Oh, right now, you know an interesting stock to invest in? Something like Amazon or Microsoft if you think, you know, the Apple thing with China continues to be a headline. And that's why those stocks are down as much as Apple. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Um, the John Deere's, the uh, fertilizer companies, they become very interesting because you got to think Trump is going to, you know, try to get votes out of this. As are Democrats. And the key swing states in 2020 are going to be the farming states. If the Democrats want to win, they're going to have to take some of those away. If the Republicans don't want to win, they're going to have to you know, continue to do what they do well there. So a lot of promises are going to be made to farmers in the next 7 to 10 days if Trump and China don't make good. And you're going to see stocks rise that are tied towards farming. Crazy, right? How this world works. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, I would consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks I ever talk about on this show. Um, because I'm here today, I may not be here tomorrow. And what I say today, I may not talk about tomorrow. So that's out there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money, investing, and more. Merck is an interesting stock to invest in right now. Or Pfizer. Someone that has an income that if the market doesn't do anything for the next 90 days, you get a little action out of it. Small cap stocks that don't have exposure to China are interesting. You see how you need to kind of think? Like a KB Homes. It may be appropriate or inappropriate for your portfolio, but you're looking for things that aren't headline easy, like Apple or Boeing. When Apple and Boeing stop going down, you probably want to buy those guys. But with the whole China headlines, I don't have the timetable for you. Hey, big event coming up Thursday evening. Thursday evening in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black's Show. It's all about income and retirement. Maybe talk about some investments. Wealth preservation having a good taxable drive that makes sense in retirement, you can sign up at Roblox Show, use code radio 25 to get in for free.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.